everybody. Welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Uh, today I have on Nikogs, who is a talented like social media guru, designer person, and super excited to talk to him. We were just chatting a little bit about mics and stuff. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing all right. We're like like we were talking about I'm, uh, offline. I'm a little tired. And you said today's your day to sleep all day on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah, my weeks are like really, yeah, it's time management 100%. Mm-hmm. And even while COVID and there are not a lot of hep- events happening, I'm still having really busy weeks. And my Saturday is like my sleeping day. So yeah, I'm not that reachable on Saturday. And on Sunday, I'll back to work. <laughs> so uh, you're in uh, Belgium, right? Is that where you're from? Yeah. Yeah, and- I'm, I'm living in Brussels. Okay. I think it's, what time is it over there for you right now? No, it's 9 p.m. So oh, okay. it's still okay. Yeah, yeah it's, you're, it's we're at a full sun. You have full sun on your screen. Yeah, it's a 12. It's always weird um, talking with the, because when I first started um, just work, like working online and connecting with people, for the most part, all my network was either at least United States, but for the most part, California. So it's weird now that like, in the middle of the night, I'll get people hitting me up and I'm like, what is this? You know, but they're from, it's probably only one over there or whatever. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. When, when, like, for example, I was never, I never watched Twitch in my life, but like Elliot uh, is a cool guy. He, yeah, he yeah. introduced me actually to Twitch and to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I like 2 a.m. in the morning, I was still working and he did like a Twitch stream and I was like, what the, f- who, yeah. who does a Twitch stream at 2 a.m.? And then I realized, okay, people are really living in another time zone. Europe is not the only continent in this world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He has a, he does a lot of, um, he tries to keep it diverse. Like sometimes, uh, he'll do one at five for me, but other times it'll be like two in the morning for me. So I'm like, not going to go on there. Euro, Europe time zone live stream is like at 11 AM or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like everyone is working at 11 AM. So it's not that comfortable at all. Yeah. But it's it's cool. It's cool to, to, that's actually how I, 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 learn the whole design community and, and everything mm-hmm. around that is by realizing Europe is not the only thing. Although I, I, I did see a lot of other countries, it was, it's still strange to realize that people are living other times. And when you send a message and you never really keep that in count, that it's yeah. probably like 2 a.m. for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and sometimes like, I just assume like different parts of Europe, I know different people from different countries yeah. and I don't even know if their time zones are different from each other or what, but like a year with uh, Brussels, is it pretty similar to like a lot of surrounding time zones? Like, is it the same as like uh, yeah. Netherlands or, or whatever? Europe. Berlin. Oh, okay. The Netherlands, the Netherlands, Berlin, Portugal, uh, London is one hour difference, mm. but like Europe is so like Europe is so small. Like, for example, the United States have already more different kind of hours than we have. Like, we just have, like, Central Europe time, and that's, like, everything. Oh, okay. having already one hour of difference is only London, and further, we don't really go. So it's, like, the whole Central of Europe, Western Western Europe, like, it's, like, all the same thing. Yeah, we have, like, um, I think three or something from from California to, to like, New York. It's a... Mm-hmm. three hours or whatever but i don't know so why strange. they split it up so much it should just kind of just be one it would be easier yeah, but just one hour <laughs> for one country like yeah. one united states same hours yeah what so 
Give me a little, uh, I'm actually not completely familiar with everything that you do because I see you online and I feel like you, you've definitely like kind of drawn an attention to yourself and figured out like a lot of these things that people want to know about social media and marketing. But what do you like, what, give me like a little quick background of stuff, stuff so you do. The thing is, um, um, yeah, what I do, I'm doing a lot of things. Um, first of all, right now I'm doing a lot of uh, marketing, social media communication, and really mm -hmm. like the creative side of marketing campaigns for festivals, artists, musicians, like the whole, that kind of music industry. And I'm also known in that industry for that reason. In Belgium, yeah. if you ask someone, they'll definitely know my name if they work in that industry. I worked with a lot of big artists, a lot of festivals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the thing with Nico's collection is actually that, how do I explain that? During COVID, everything got canceled. So right. Especially festivals and stuff. Festivals, yeah. my favorite thing that I've been working on the past nine months has been canceled and there yeah. is no results. Mm -hmm. So you feel kind of depressed. Like you're questioning a lot of things about your life. I'm also, I'm 23 years old, although uh, I've, doing, I've been doing this for, uh, since I've been 16 or 17 years old. Wow. I also give lectures to universities, to marketing students and stuff like that. But at that given moment, I was doubting a lot of things in my life <laughs> mm -hmm. because I never did. I never uh, finished school or anything because I had those chances. And yeah, then I started thinking everything that I tell my people, my clients, students, how much of that is true about social media and Instagram in particular. Yeah. And that's why I started Nikok's collection. I wanted to test out if I still got it, if I could do it. And my goal was, how far can I get in six months? Mm -hmm. And eventually, so that was actually just an experiment. And eventually I rolled on into a community that I really liked and I became friends with people and I stayed on there. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Now, yeah, it's crazy how fast it went. And I'm still doing stuff for musicians and artists. And hopefully summer will be a little bit more parties and events so <laughs> yeah. that I still can do that. And then... Probably next September, will everything will be good again. Yeah, so, it's yeah. crazy that you uh, say that. So you started the page as a kind of study to see how how like skilled you was, are in growing like a social. It was really like an experiment. It was like I I have always I, I I started with being a graphic designer. I had a love for graphic design. Mm -hmm. I don't do a lot with graphic design anymore as work because I do more the um, managing part and creative part of thinking it out of concepts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I had a passion for that. So. Ideally, I was like, I'm going to do something about graphic design. And yeah, then I was like, okay, I see those repost pages, but I don't want to be another repost page. Yeah. Because I feel like that there is missing a thing about it. Like there is all repost pages looks a lot like each other. And that's why I really mm -hmm. wanted to like have a branding around it, have a feeling about it and have a person around it and not a um, company. Feeling. Yeah, like really that people could connect with me and could have a thing like, hey, cool person and also vice versa that I could really connect as a person with people yeah. and not have like a, just a brand on top of it. Yeah, you've done a good so, job, yeah. I think, of, of making, you know, it's like it feels a lot more personal because it's like your this is my like collection, like Jesse's collection, Yeecock's collection versus exactly. like some some pages will just be, you know, like this is like the acid house or whatever, you know? And like, it doesn't really have like a personal feeling. It feels like they all look the also, same, you know? Yeah. And also didn't want to be an authority or anything. I just wanted to share what inspired me and what I got inspired by and mm -hmm. what I wanted to share 
And eventually I also started sharing my knowledge and how I did things with carousels and stuff like that. Yeah. And right now I'm just looking at what I'm going to do next with that page because I'm currently not posting a lot. Uh, I'm still a bit searching out. And also my life has got way more busier than during the first lockdown for me. Yeah. So what do I'm you look for? Um, like what's some of the things you look for when people submit or like tag you or stuff like that you'll want to repost? Is there certain things that you like? There is just a thing about being so, you, if it's new, like I didn't see it before, it really catches my eye and can be, diff can be different. It can be from typography to 3D, 3D design. Mm -hmm to some Chrome stuff or to some really nice cool texture they use or, or how they play with words. Yeah. If it's like something new that I haven't seen before, it automatically catches my eye. Mm -hmm. Like I scroll a lot through stuff and I, I know I have the hashtag and I take a lot of looks at those hash at my own hashtag, for example, but I also look at my Explorer page, for example. And if I just mm -hmm. see something that really catches my eye, that I'm really like, wait, that really looks cool. Mm -hmm. And I just save it. And at a later point, I'm just like, hey, yeah, I'm going to repost it. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's like, if I've seen it before, the chances are I get a feeling that, I, oh yeah, I've already seen it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna repost it. And that's the only thing that I really take into account when reposting something that is like, really like, hey, I had a good laugh with it, or that's really original, like, yeah. damn, I, I would never have thought of that. Those kind of aha moments are really important for me. And then what um, what is like kind of your plan around the other things that you, kind of facilitate with the page like are you is your goal to kind of keep it within the creative field and just teach people things and stuff and do you have anything else planned right now for it well thing is that i i don't really have rules for myself on that page like mm -hmm. for example uh, um, one of the things that i love to do is explain stuff to people i love to give people advice about the things that i love to do like for example social media marketing and instagram and communication I'm really good at, but I also love to talk about it and love to do explain it to other people. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about doing stuff more about that. And also I noticed that for this kind of community, this really niche graphic design, there are a lot of people struggling with exact that, communicating what they do and to get yeah. clients through social media. And mm -hmm. I'm doubting, I, it's like really, I'm not sure yet, but that's one of the ways that I really want to go to is like helping other people to use Instagram to get more clients and stuff like that. Yeah, because in my case, I never had a, I never had a client through Instagram. I never had to uh, do a uh, solicitation. I never had a resume. I never had to apply for anything, because how I am positioned in my music and industry and the music uh, the festival industry, people know me. I'm mm -hmm. the only person who does what I do in that industry, and they just came to me automatically. I, I never I don't even have a portfolio anymore because the people know exactly what I do. I never yeah. had to have a portfolio. I never had to have a resume. I never had to do that. And I noticed that people from that community really have a hard time um, understanding how clients choose a graphic designer or a creative yeah. to do their work. And that's something that I, that's one of the scenarios, one of the things that I will want to try with the page to do is helping those kind of people. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I'm also like, that takes a lot of time and effort from my side. Yeah. And I'm not sure if people are actually interested in that. So I'm still, yeah. I think it's like, I think most people are interested, but the, it's just like anything online. Some people are going to care about one thing so much than the other thing. Mm -hmm. Like some people are there probably only for the repost. Some people are only there because they want to be reposted. Some people are there for the knowledge. But have you gotten, um, 
clients like through social media then, or is all your stuff that you usually do through like the connections with Tomorrowland and music industry and stuff? Well, the thing is that in Belgium, like my, my normal life in Belgium and stuff like that, I never had it through Instagram or social media because it's a network. Does the world, the music industry and the festival industry is a really small world. Mm -hmm. It's all so in person connections and it's stuff. All in person, being on parties, being in the club, being everywhere mm -hmm. and everyone knows you. But the thing is getting into that world is really hard. Yeah. Because it's such a small world. And I'm in that world. So for me, it, that gets easier. But I did get a lot of people asking me through Instagram and stuff like that. And most of the times I reply to them, telling them that I don't have time for that project. And it's most of the time it's also true. But also, um, I feel like also through Nico's collection, I tell them that I'm not the designer of those things on my page, that mm -hmm. they should contact the person that posted that. Yeah. Because I don't feel like that's my um, task to take those people's job. Like, I feel like I repost a lot of people, all the work. People are intrigued by that work. They should contact that person. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially because, uh, it's like, it could be completely different styles, you know, it's like, uh, exactly. and, but usually it's like, people just need to read the description, you know, and they'll see that whoever just made that is not you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like how much time, like there is a reel of, um, Andre, I think where he explains how he does something with a texture and they could DM him to get that texture. And I get like a lot of DMs and I tell them, oh, all, yeah. like, Hey, you should yeah. DM that person. It's his reel. It's also mentioned in the uh, caption, mm -hmm. but like, I have to do that so much. Like, and I actually, I saved that reply because of that, because I really want that people go follow that artist and not presume that it's me. That's my work. Right. Cause that's what? the only downside that I feel about that repost page is that people make that assumption and I don't really don't want that. Yeah. And I, I feel like you're, as long as you're not doing that, um, you know, on purpose, obviously, then it's not really mm -hmm. your fault if people think, think that, you know, you can't really do anything about that. But, True. um, what kind of stuff like, um, are you doing like with the Tomorrowland and the festivals? Like, I know you say you can't completely talk about future stuff, but what have you well, done in the past and things with all that? So for example, for Tomorrowland, what I did for them was, uh, during the festival, I was, uh, uh, yeah, it's a fancy word, um, doing art direction and visual concept thinking. Mm -hmm. More more in particular, it, it really meant that I um, oversaw the how we translated the story during the festival on social media, more in particular, Instagram, Instagram stories. Okay. So, but like, for example, for Paradise City and other festivals, listen, festival, I really am like the person who comes up with concepts that we can use social media for to tell our story to make people to make clear what we are what our, what our identity is and eventually sell tickets of course but also like on the musician part when for example lost frequencies releases something i think i think out of the marketing campaign sometimes mm -hmm. i also provide the graphic design work i also provide the content right. and i really am like the the, the, the to, to make it sell a little bit as a marketeer Okay. And, and, uh, I saw like in your description or in your bio, sometimes you have, uh, like I do this for Tomorrowland and then this people, this people are those just, uh, individual artists that you do work for and represent pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like for example, for Charlotte Rita, I worked for label context. We did, we did an event at Sportpalais. Sportpalais is like the biggest, uh, arena in Belgium. It's, I don't know maybe 20,000 or 12, 10,000 10, people, maybe, I don't know. It's mm -hmm. like one event, but also the work for Lost Frequencies and his label, Found Frequencies. Uh, 
yeah, if you look him up, you definitely know him. He's like super known. Yeah. I work with a lot of artists. Um, and it's like also, yeah, with, I work with artists one-on-one, -on -one, but also with the labels and on those kind of stuff. It's like really the whole industry part that I work with. Yeah, that's cool. Cause I mean, some of those people I'm aware of and like uh, a lot of it from my friends that are into that kind of music, but just looking through their pages, like that, some of that stuff's huge. And like, I just, I'm just not aware just because, um, I feel like in Europe, that scene is like a very popular compared to the United States. Like it's gotten more popular lately, but a lot of the, um, like house and electronic music over here is like not as good, you know? So I think it gets a bad rap sometimes. Well, you have Diplo and stuff like that. Diplo, Dylan Francis, they were good. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were good. I listen mostly to techno more, but mm -hmm. I have like a really huge uh, knowledge of music. I listen to a lot of kind of music. I can listen to hip hop, rap, hip hop, but also like the Beatles. Uh, I love Bob yeah. I love the Beatles. I also love rock and metal. Right. Like uh, Bring Me the Horizon, love them. Yeah, they're but dope. Mostly my clients are not bands, uh, except for Manfred and Sons and Bazaar. Mm -hmm. Mostly they're not bands, mostly they're DJs or yeah, electronic music producers right. and artists. What's cool about that, that kind of music though, is, uh, since it's all like mostly, uh, electronic or instrumental, however you want to call it, it it's, a, it seems a lot easier to translate the messaging and stuff to different languages, you know, because you're not, it's not about the lyrics. It's only about sound. Well, it depends. It really depends. Like, for example, Lost Frequencies, there is really also lyrical, like um, Are You With Me is a song mm -hmm. that uh, traveled the whole world. And right. now it's really focusing on the lyrics, although the name on it, Lost Frequencies, is a producer, is a DJ. So it's depending on the music side, it doesn't really matter about our lyrics or not, or, or it does. But like, for example, about techno, techno is really, there is almost no lyrics. Like, yeah. it's like two phrases like, inhale exhale or uh, yeah closer 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 and right, that's it right. so that yeah. really doesn't matter and then it's really really easier to to make video content about it and stuff like that but yeah it really depends on song by song i think what do you Not think really about them. what do you think about um the whole shit with daft punk do you do you have any theory on why they aren't going to make music anymore they were just done with it. Yeah, <laughs> too long. My eyes were just like, if they would wait it a year, it would be 22, uh, 2020. Uh, yeah. yeah, like then it would be perfectly, <laughs> like the date would be perfectly, but they didn't do that. They did right. it now. And I'm like, yeah, it was just done with it. It was yeah. eight years or seven years ago that they released something. Mm -hmm. They were not going to tour again. So I was like, yeah, they, they were just, just tired. It kind of makes and sense. Also with, yeah, it just makes sense. Like, I, I already thought they were they split it up, so it was yeah. like, oh wait, they were still a thing. So right, that makes sense. Yeah, because they were already not doing anything. Um, no, yeah, well, yeah, they did a thing with the weekends. Oh yeah, the Starboy and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. What? Um, how do you like stay so consistent on both the Nikox collection page, your personal page, and all the different platforms? Like, I know you're on Instagram, Clubhouse, and all that since uh mm -hmm. is it because of covid you're able to get on that stuff a lot more basically yeah basically yes and also i i'm um i plan a lot i do a lot of bulk i would really recommend that also to people is to do bulk processing mm -hmm. meaning that you create content on one or two days like for example the weekend for me was a thing that i did everything for the next two weeks right and then the next week i did exactly that for the coming two weeks so you always have like one week of buffer, for example, if you're not feeling doing anything or you're feeling not creative enough, but right. you have that buffer of content. Once again, th this is a 
trick for people who are really want to take this seriously and not just create, focus on their own thing. This is really for people who want to put out work, who get, want to get clients, who want to get work from there. Mm-hmm. So I have to be cautious about pre- uh, saying things, how to do stuff, because right. some people are just like, yeah, I just want to do my stuff. And I'm, that's perfectly fine, right. by the way. This is just a tip for people who really want to get clients from Instagram. Be as consistent as possible. And it doesn't have to be daily, by the way. You don't have to post daily. That, that, that's, that's a bias. Mm-hmm. It's better and you should do it, but it's not like a rule. If you do it every two days, that's also fine. Every three days, it's also fine. You just have to be consistent. Right. People want, people also, your followers just want you to be consistent. Right. That's the only thing that they want. Yeah. It's hard to find a balance between posting stuff that is good and posting stuff like often, because I think the, I've seen a lot more people, not just pages like yours, but just individual designers posting resources, tips, maybe more about their daily life because they want to get stuff out, but you don't want to just throw out shit that's not finished or, or not good, you know, and it gets hard sometimes. Well, there's a thing that, that that's a perfectionism you have to kill because it's better to show people that you're doing something and that you're busy and that you're still there, that you're alive <laughs> than to just do nothing. And it sounds really, it sounds really strange. And yeah. I, I also had to put that in mind is that by showing people how I do something, they get more value than seeing actually the finished products. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, that really struck me while doing the Nikox collection. That I give more value to people if I show them how they should do, for example, their hashtags, mm-hmm. than to just say, do this. Because, and same goes with graphic design. By showing people how you created something, you're giving them automatically value. They, they are automatically thinking, whoa, nice, thanks. Yeah. I'm going to keep this with me and I'm going to have to look at it next time I'm doing that kind of stuff. And right. they're using your content, your name, they automatically keep that in mind way more than here is a finished post, a finished design for one of my clients. Cool. Right. Next post. Yeah, yeah. You see, like the difference with I keep that in mind because I can use it. Mm. Thank you. With here is a cool post. So that's something that you have to, yeah, once again, it's like a pro cons for yourself that you have to put on. And just just posting two posts, okay, that's not good. But Showing people an unfinished work is also something that people like to see. I like yeah. to see that, for example, because then I know that it's not all, always that perfect. Because mm-hmm. that's something for me myself that I have to, had to put through, knowing that I'm not the only one struggling with creating something sometimes, and that sometimes it can be bad, and sometimes it doesn't look it does look really bad. Yeah, and other people struggle with the same thing, and realizing that really made me more as relaxed and at ease while creating something. Yeah. One thing that I, uh, when I stopped worrying about, I still get a little, uh, over analytical and in my head when it comes to like posting stuff that is like, uh, not done or whatever, but I've been trying, mm-hmm. but I want uh, one thing that I felt was the most like liberating thing was just not worrying about how everything looked together, you know, like just started saying like, fuck it. I'm just going to put stuff out, even if they're not similar backgrounds or colors or whatever. Cause if you do that, I mean, like on your thing, it looks cool and it makes sense cause you're curating it, but I'm like, Oh, it's I'm over hell. it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a like yeah. it limits me on so much stuff. And I'm also, dark, I'm, I'm, that's why I, for example, from Nikox collection, that's been a long time that I've posted something new mm-hmm. because I'm really thinking about what I'm going, what the future of the page will be. Um, it's the triangle thing is a cool thing that I came up with originally for a client and I had to research 
if it was done before and wasn't done before in that way of usage. With the corners and you're talking about? Like the corners, but that formed a total graphic element if you right. look at the feed. And it also was actually the logo, the, the main graphic element mm -hmm. that was used in the branding and stuff like that. It was actually an idea for a client. They didn't use it, but I also did the research for it that it wasn't been done like that before. Like also using it as a graphic element. And then when I wanted to start a page, I was like, okay, I had that idea. I re did the research. I'm just going to do it because it hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. And now I realize that a lot of people have copied it and it's okay. Like I don't, I, first I was like really protective about it, but I'm like, like it was do? meant to be it, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's like, fine. So be it. Like, yeah, okay, um, that's good. Though. It know means that it's, that it's good. Yeah. People still know eventually that where it came from, so that, that I'm happy about it. And you know, but, so that's yeah. all that matters, you know. Also, people like message me with people with, with like, hey, they're doing the same thing and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, super cool. They're doing that. I'm happy <laughs> that I'm inspired them. That's my that's my goal. They try to catch and, them for you and yeah. <laughs> bring them in. But but it's really cool that they do so. And on yeah. the other hand, I also tell them like, yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm honored that I inspired them. So that was my goal with my page. So I should let that go. But now I realize also that it's like a, a limitation on a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. When I want to put something out that I have to have bad triangles. So what, that's why um, what, 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 um, one thing I, my bad, one thing I was going to ask you too is where, where'd you get the idea to do like the share thing? The share. I just saw a meme about it and I was like, I'm going to use that meme yeah. at the end of my, uh, my carousels. I, you and think then, that it's worked? Like, have you been able to track that analytically oh, that like it worked well? I've not been able to track it, but if there is one comment that keeps coming back, it's a sure thing. It's a yeah. sure thing that people keep commenting. And I have to smile every time I see it on my own posts. Yeah. And I realize that other people's probably have to do so too. Mm -hmm. And it's if there is one thing that I would love to have about my content is that people have to smile about it. And right. Still... <laughs> it's also like part of it makes it feel like it's not even an, a complicated idea it's not like it was super hard for you to you know like facilitate but you get through this uh, you try to i think you try to explain things in a way that's broken up enough to where it's easy to understand because you're you're swiping you're swiping mm -hmm. but even even that sometimes you're like all right you know like i'm swiping i'm swiping and then you get to the end and you you're already like whatever but then just that little bit makes you prop. I feel like would probably make someone think like, oh, he put time into this, you know, like this is cheeky. This is clever. Like oh, I have to do it now. Even if they just share that last slide, you know, yeah, I feel like it's yeah, that's, like, that's, that's hard the most not to. Slides. Mm -hmm. That's the most shared slide. But also the thing is that sometimes some subjects are, how do I explain it? Hard or um, not lightweighted or heavy yeah. to understand and to mm -hmm. go through and you have to reread it. And that last slide, I really want to, let's go of that hard weight that you got from that post and then you have to be like, okay. Yeah. That's a funny end, a light, a light waiting end. And also I feel like people, like the main carousel community, I, I, it's kind of not a positive community to be honest, but they also end with the same thing, always asking people to engage or to follow or some call to action always. And and with that like image- Like talking really, about like the big, like Chris Doe letter style ones? Yeah, but Chris Doe is a good guy and stuff like that, but like those, yeah, those kind of people, mm. those kind of people. And they always yeah. end with the same kind of ending. And with that, my ending with Cher, it's actually like an ironical thing. It was actually to joking, to like putting yeah. it way on top of it that I'm right. laughing with it. And yeah. 
if there is a call to action at the end, everyone just skips that last slide. Mm-hmm. But with that slide, it just made it so original and so unique that yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep it there and I'm going to stay, I'm going to keep using it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Chris Doe and all those heads, how, how you've been like straight living on Clubhouse. Like I don't really follow many people mm-hmm. and I get a notification like every hour it seems that you're on there with somebody. Like uh, how have you liked that so far? Is it good in there? It's good on some parts. Like there are conversations that are really good, but a lot of conversations are really bad or like yeah. a really salesy part and not really that interesting and long. But what Chris Doe does, uh, I really look up at him because, and, and the whole future stuff, mm-hmm. it's really genuine. It's mm-hmm. really helping other creatives and they do it at a really good, they, they do it really good. Their knowledge is really, I, I'm, I'm, I have a, a hard time explaining my stuff in English because I'm not, uh, English yeah. is not my native language. That makes and sense. And he explains a lot of things that I also know from in Dutch and how we work. And he explains it really good in English to creatives and almost everything for free. Mm-hmm. So people who are hating on him, whatever, but he really does a good job on that. And Clubhouse made it possible to give those uh, lectures and stuff like that live on Clubhouse with people without having that video stuff in between it. Mm-hmm. And he did a 12 days of winning without pitching with the writer of the manifesto of winning without pitching. And there he really... Yeah, how do you explain it? He really had a conversation with the other. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it, it it was so interesting to hear it. Like hear him talk with the other of that winning without pitching manifesto. And I learned so a lot from it, that so much from it, that I woke up every morning for 12 days at 4 a, at 3 a.m. to have to follow the conversation at 4 a.m. on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So I changed my whole sleeping schedule just to follow that conversation. Wow. Like, it was so, I, I, learned, I learned more from it from those 12 days than I did in my whole high school, I think. I did my <laughs> whole high school period. Yeah, Crazy. that's, it's, um, how do you see, like, what, what have you been focusing on on there for your own, like, things? Have you been hosting your own rooms and stuff at all or just collaborating? I did at first, but now, how do I explain it? Now I feel a little bit tired about Clubhouse and, like, the good conversations are it's hard, are hard to find. Right. And there are more bad conversations that I don't really have value on than the good conversations. Mm-hmm. So for me right now, I'm taking a little break of Clubhouse, but I still think that there is a, a bright future for Clubhouse. Yeah. The, 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 the idea of only audio communication takes away the bridge of video live. Video yeah. live is for me, for example, going live on Instagram, I've done it once and I will probably do it in the future, but not that fast because you have to look good. Um, your, yeah, your image is on somewhere. Yeah. And that's the difference with uh, the whole audio clubhouse. You could be laying in your bed or whatever. Wor- <laughs> you don't have to worry. The only thing they really yeah. hear is your voice. And okay, yeah, the only struggle there I have is my English. Can you set but up uh, external audio to it or does it have to be through your phone, Mike? Well, that's the thing. Uh, uh, Chris posted on Twitter, I think, uh, um, the whole thing to put your mic on your clubhouse. Oh, okay. Just two seconds. I'm just going to close my window because I hear uh, outside noise. Yeah, you're good. Go for it. There he's back. I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, you heard someone was outside or what? Trying to break yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. My brother, my brother was uh, smoking a cigarette while talking, and I have my windows open up because uh, it was pretty hot up here. Oh yeah. Um, one thing I, one other thing I just wanted to say about uh, I was interested in is Clubhouse is that you were saying how you know it's it, it creates uh, it blocks the barrier of like oh you don't have to ha look all good because. I've thought about going on there in a couple and it definitely, I still haven't, but it definitely feels a lot easier than like Instagram live. You're, you're right. It shit's terrifying. Like I'll go live on, on YouTube, Twitch. Like I'll, I'll make videos. Like I'm not, but I have more uncomfortable, like taking uh, selfies or going live on Instagram than recording any mm -hmm. type of content. It's also like, it feels like a conversation you're having while calling with someone. Yeah. It's really like having someone on the phone. And I do hate calling with people. Like I, I don't try, I try to do it not that much. I try to yeah. text a lot. Yeah. But talking on Clubhouse really, once you have a hold of it, that it's just a conversation like we are having now mm -hmm. without any video, you really feel at ease. And it's really to, yeah, it just makes it so much easier to talk with people. And it's like life recording, like, no, it's like live podcasting or live mm -hmm. radio. And it's that part that I really, really like. And now that Twitter pulls out uh, spaces, I think that also that's yeah. going to work. Is it the but same pretty much? Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I also have access now to spaces and it's okay. It's particularly the same and then actually a little bit better. The only problem mm. that I have with it is that it's on Twitter. Right. I'm not that active on Twitter, but also like the people who follow me on Twitter are completely different than the people who follow me on Instagram. Yeah. And Twitter's weird. House, weird. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I'm in a group chat on Twitter with some of the people, like the guy that runs the album art archive and like some of the, and like, uh, some He's of these cool other man. people. And we're all talking about like NFTs and all that stuff on there. But some of them, you know, have thousands of 30,000, hundred thousand followers. They got like a hundred on Twitter. Like the different networks mm -hmm. don't really translate well. It's like a whole different environment over also, there. Also, I don't really like the Twitter toxic. Twitter can really be toxic for a lot of people because, like for example, with artists, mm -hmm. when we are on tour or something like that, and they come off to off stage, the first thing they see on Twitter is people saying bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And people on Twitter don't think about what they post on Instagram. People really think about what they post on Facebook. Their families and stuff like that are on there too. But on Twitter, there is this vibe, this thing that people just spit out their 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 bladder i just like they just spit out everything yeah. without really thinking about it and as an artist yeah. or as a musician or as a festival seeing people are tend to post uh bad stuff instead of good stuff and people are just like posting yeah what kind of shit music was uh here before i'm here for that artist not for that artist mm. and and you're monitoring all that huh because you're running i'm monitoring that because i work for those for with yeah. those artists and those artists see that too themselves they also they're also are they're on twitter and like a lot of my artists just quit twitter they're just not on twitter anymore because yeah. of those kind of reaction and people don't filter their own tweets that makes that's sense something that yeah but it's like twitter is so quick to post something in comprehension with instagram it's we don't post 20 things a day yeah but on Twitter, it's normal to do that. And also right. to just Say put bullshit. out bad stuff. Yeah. And that's something that I really, really don't like about Twitter. Yeah. I, 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 I like what I do now on Twitter because I'm really curating a thing. And now that you talked about NFTs, cool thing about Twitter is that I got really different kind of opinions that I can see on, on about one type of subject. Yep. And that's something that I miss on Instagram because on Instagram, I only see 
that part and that point of view of because you designers. get you get stuck in like an echo chamber on instagram you know because mm -hmm. everyone you obviously you obviously 100%. agree you guys are friends like uh, it's hard to you it's easier you to curate to, your opinion on there you know and that's something that people also have to keep in mind while scrolling on instagram yeah people you will keep repeating your opinion your point of view but mm -hmm. you have to detach yourself when making uh, an own formulated how do you say it an uh, uh, informed opinion right yeah when you're making that you have to take different kind of sources and different kind of point of views same goes with all of the the um how do you say it uh the controversial uh discussions and right. opinions you have to take different kind of opinions and different points of view and think about what do i take from every point of view and what do i agree with and what can i prove what is with arguments right and that's the same thing with nfts you you can't just bloodly believe everything that's sta uh -huh. stated on there and see those artists are getting millions of euros or millions of dollars you, you have to take different kinds of opinions and that's about everything and while being on nikok's collection i realized how that whole community is so focused on their own point of view on their own thing i'm the artist i'm a graphic designer and this is how the world looks like and this is how it should be and don't think about it more widely how different people think of it and why other people think mm -hmm. different of it yeah that's, that's good thing that i i run into that problem with the spotify discussion that artists that the designers should be mentioned on spotify that's and a, i hope that, that's, like that, yeah. I, that's so yeah of course you like it i like it too <laughs> I, it would be wonderful but you have to rethink about that statement you have to rethink about it why would they do that Right. The whole thing about creating an art artwork for the artist is for the artist. The artist is the place that has to be on stage and has to be in the shining, uh, in the lights and stuff like that. It's the artist that has to be on stage. It's for them that people listen to the music. It's for them that people buy tickets and it's for them that it's there where the money is made. We don't have to put it our way. And I saw everyone sharing it on, on in my community and I agree with it. It would be cool. But there is a reason why it's not like that because yeah. that's isn't what people are interested in. And that's something that, that, that when I posted it, I got a lot of backlash. But when I then explained it to them, they were like, oh yeah, actually that, that's right. It's yeah. sad and it, it would be cool if it is like that. And in a perfect world, it would be the best thing. Yeah. But you have to realize why it's not there and why mm. it will never be on there. And it if you realize sense. that, yeah, if you realize, sometimes we have to look further into it than just thinking, oh yeah, it has to be that and, and raising or, or torches. And <laughs> well, that's how I feel about the, with the NFT stuff, like, don't get me wrong. I want to kind of look more into it because I'm into just, um, investing in crypto in general and I want to learn mm -hmm. more. And I, obviously you see these people and you get the FOMO when people are selling for like 10, 10 Ethereum or whatever, but it kind of is starting to remind me of like all the stuff that was going on with, um, like wall street bets and all that investing yeah. stuff. Like people were just going in, like, like I had friends hit me up that I know don't like know about investing or anything. And they're like, yo, you heard about Dogecoin or whatever, or you heard about GameStop and all that. And GameStop. NFTs are starting to feel in that same like vibe, you know, everyone just trying to get uh, the money real quick. I have some, a friend of mine who um, became a millionaire overnight from NFTs. Super really? cool and everything, but you have to realize that it's the same with, if you understand what blockchain is, and if you understand the NFT, why it's just, why it's a thing. Mm -hmm. or the, the reason is that it's like, for example, take Jeezy's, the shoes. I have my pair here. Um, why do people buy them instantly? Because you pay 250 euro dollars for it and you can sell them for a thousand and, a, and something like that. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And the same goes with NFTs. People buy it now. The people who buy it are collectors or resellers. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Or, or supporters. But supporters are only a small part because most supporters don't have that money. Unless they already it. knew it had like some of the biggest collectors. I, I'm under the impression I would think that, you know, they were buying Ethereum when it was a dollar or whatever or yeah, $10. So example, they have a lot. But the thing that you have to realize is that if everyone right now is putting out a lot of their work, yeah, the prices now, they will still go up and they will keep going up and then they will just downfall pretty far. Mm-hmm. But as an artist, you can put it out now or in two months or in two years and it will still be the same valuable thing because you are literally the GZ. You're putting out the GZ and the GZ will be bought. Mm-hmm. And depending on the price and who you are and what audience you have, it will have another kind of uh, how much you pay for it. It will yeah. kind of have another value. But not not jumping on it now will not inf- uh, will not how do you say it um you're not gonna miss out basically yeah we'll not have yeah you're not gonna miss out it won't have yeah. an influence on it because the nfts will be there they will stay they're not going anywhere if you understand how blockchain works or the smart contracts works it's exactly that it's a smart contract you're gonna have mm-hmm. and collectors are still gonna buy from it the only thing that people now have to rush into if you the only thing that people are gonna miss are the buyers the buyers are gonna miss something right if, if the GZs are putting out right now, you have to buy the GZs now. You don't right. have to have that special stuff before it runs dry. Also, but the thing the you can thing. do is buy the, if you're a, if you're an artist, you can mm-hmm. just buy the um, currency just to have. So it's cheaper now, you know, and then later when you want to pay for gas or whatever, you're not going to have to pay as much. But I think that yeah. you, you're right. We're the, it's definitely uh NFTs and stuff like that are definitely a, big um pushing factor behind the whole like creative really economy thing. thing and stuff it's like really we're, we're in control in that in that world until we're you not you know i don't know what's gonna happen but exactly a year ago i listened to a ted talk it was yeah, november 2019 i think mm-hmm. i listened to a tech talk talking about the future of nfts really and back then I, yeah yeah and back then i realized okay nft is cool keep in mind search it up and I, I, I found the note, like the, the, the uh, notepad, where I wrote down my notes about NFTs a few days back, realizing yeah. I had to jump onto it back in 2019 if I wanted to be first with it. Right. But then I also realized, why would I do that? I'm not going to be, co- not going to be a collector. I'm not going to be a seller. Like my artists, my artworks are under, yeah, I already said, are under contract. I don't have the full license. And that's something I'm noticing now, by the way, too. Yeah. People are sell- selling stuff without having the full license. And people have to be really cautionable about that. Mm-hmm. Fonts you're using, uh, images that you're using, uh, textures you're using, you have to have a commercial license or a non, how do you say it? Um, uh, royalty without free having a, or whatever. No, but royalty free doesn't mean that you have all the rice license, by, by the way. It really um, depends on for you, free just you, for commercial use, basically license. Even for commercial use, there are like uh, uh, small things. Like for example, you can't resell your work using this kind of image. For example, if it's mm. if the image is the main image used in, there are like you really have to check those licenses. Yeah, because a friend a friend of mine is getting screwed right now. He have a, he has a lawsuit on his leg because he used an image that he doesn't have the license on. Yeah. And that's so stupid because the artwork is really cool, but it's, yeah, they have a point that mm. he didn't buy it. And same goes with phones, by the way. Make sure you have Well, that's why it's worth it to buy that stuff um, from the get-go, mm. you know? Because, like, for example, when I work on certain projects, if I want to use something that is going to cost money in the future or it's going to, it's a font that's unlicensed, I'll usually use it in the 
in the initial designs or the draft or the pitch. And then I'll just buy it once mm -hmm. it gets approved, you know, so I don't waste mm -hmm. money, but people, some people like, they just, you know, go on and like, they, yeah. they type in the font, they type in free version or whatever. Version, and then, yeah. I've done <laughs> that too when I was 16. My, my first thing that I've, of course I've done that. Right yeah. now I have like this urge to pay back. Like I get money, I get paid for it. I get good money for it. Um, I have to give back to the artists who created it because I expect the same thing when talking about music. Right. Like right now it's way less. Now with Spotify and stuff like that, it's way less. But before Spotify, yeah, people just downloaded the YouTube version, for example, the MP mm -hmm. YouTube 2 MP3 or something like that. Yeah. And that's the same thing with fonts or with everything graphic assetly, like yeah. an asset on online, a digital product. Yeah, people want to download it uh, illegally. But they don't think about i'm an artist too i'm also putting out my digital stuff online and i expect yeah. always to pay for it but i don't pay for it that doesn't make sense so that's why yeah. I, I really i've been doing it a lot more lately like uh, especially when they have the um like gum road like pay what you want or whatever if it's like a font or something i'll at least try to put like five ten if i can if i could do it you mm -hmm. know like it's not a lot Same. but I think it, it feels crazy typing in zero and then just be like, give me that shit for free. You know, <laughs> like I can't even like do it to myself. It feels bad. But I understand that if people like, I would do it if I don't have the money to spend on it, for example. Yeah. But if people have the money on it, it just, in my eyes, it, it's, it's, it, it's my call. Oh, it's like say, pay, yeah, it, my, my... pay it forward, you know, like it's going to yeah, come back like, to you exactly. eventually. Karma. It's like, for me, it's like, just like, giving back on what I earned because of that. So yeah. it's like logic to me that people pay back for that. But I also noticed, for example, during events, if we uh, put on, uh, you're free you're free to add something to it. You're like, you can drop a dollar here or a euro here if you want to, if you liked uh, this part of the uh, exhibition, for example. Mm, yeah. People are more, tend to more spend on that bucket to just give it to the, to the artists than to buy it at a certain price so yeah. we earn, actually earn more money at this bucket where we say just give what you want then it's because it's you're giving them the power tickets. you know you're giving someone you the, give people, the right. instead of shopping we give them the power to uh, sustain an artist yeah to support an artist and that's what really works yeah that's true um one thing i was just thinking of when uh, you were when we were sometimes throughout when you're thinking of specific words how is it do you ever get like, I don't know, how do I say this? Is it, does, do you ever struggle creating content for two different people, like two different languages, I mean? And how do Definitely. you figure out like which one will be in which? Like, is your demographic split currently? Like, how do you? Well, I speak French, Dutch, German, a little and bit. And most of your videos are, are that aren't English are Dutch, right? Yeah, Dutch okay. is my main language where I speak in and I speak really fast in it also because um, I have this thing where um, I have, uh, how do you say it? Um, I, my brain works really fast. And yeah. because of that, I'm really, really fast at connecting dots, like mm -hmm. really making, um, realizing how something works and stuff like that. I'm really good at it. Right. And because of that, I talk also uh, really fast. But figuring out the words I have to, in my head, I have to translate from Dutch to English every time I say something. And that takes a long time. Yeah. Because of that, I have a hard time finding the right words to translate what I want to say. But having mm -hmm. that, and then all the languages that I know, I, for example, if I talk in French, a lot of times in French, there is an English word that comes right into it. 
Right. Because I have to translate it and then, oh yeah, what language am I speaking here? Oh, I know the word in French, in German, in Dutch. Oh, what is it in English again? Mm-hmm. And that is a hard thing to do. But my clients, mostly I speak Dutch. No, there is two English, uh, English or Dutch. That's the most talk mm-hmm. when I talk with clients is, and most of the time it's actually English to make sure that everyone understands it from uh, the whole like, uh, everyone in the group or everyone in the team or whatever with. yeah and do a lot of the some... artists speak english and in, in like uh their yeah, dutch everyone and stuff. English. yeah well dutch or french uh is easier for for example for uh, lost frequencies he speaks really good dutch and also yeah he's french mainly talking mm-hmm. because in brussels we speak uh, french and dutch both of them but he's also perfectly in english and yeah uh, there i do everything in english just to be sure that everything is understood well and on the other side, on the festival side, if it's a Belgian festival, it's mostly Dutch that we speak. Yeah. Okay. So you don't, do you ever like, I guess my question is if you're going to put something out, let's say you're going to put out, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some video or on, for example, like what was shadow banding, like you were doing with that, yeah. what, what would make you decide if you're going to either do it in what language, just which one has well, more like want for it basically. Now, now I realized, now I started doing it in English because mm-hmm. I got, just got more confident. That's the only thing. Uh, the oh, reason you're why just worried. Dutch, worried. And also it took, it took me a lot of time to record a video in English because I wanted it to be perfect. That there were no mistakes in English in it. Yeah, but then I realized that it's just me putting too much pressure on myself, and no one else is expecting that for me. So yeah. then I recorded my first English video, the shadow banning video. Right. And otherwise, I just want I did it in Dutch just because I was more confident and more at ease with creating. Your it. English is good. I, I don't think that well, you have anything that's a to lot worry of people about. Told me too. That's a lot of people told me too, and I also realized that I want to put it out. I want to grow with it. I want to share my knowledge to people. And it's stupid that some people, I got a lot of messages saying, could you please record it in English because I don't understand Dutch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if I want to explain it to something to people, it feels stupid if I do it for one person, if I could do right. it for five, for example. And by doing it in English, I noticed that a lot of more people could know that and I could share my knowledge with a lot of more people. Mm-hmm. And it also helped me share, I um, put up my confidence and yeah, it made me... Uh, it, I actually learn a lot of English words while yeah. recording it and get me more confidence in general. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's different from, you know, just talking for the sake of conversation. But when you're talking in a language or, or about a subject where you not only have to have the knowledge of it to know it, but to be able to explain it to someone else. Like that whole, you know, like if you don't know it, um, like explain it like I'm five, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to do it like that... Uh, then you really need to like know how to speak the language because you don't want to mess up a word and it confuses the mm-hmm. entire concept or whatever. So I understand why you would be nervous. Thing, the good thing about social media is that everything is in English. So all the words I use at my clients in Dutch, it's actually an English word that I use as an English word in Dutch. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing about social media. But for example, if I would do it about video editing and what button is what, then I had to translate my Premiere Pro or my After Effects to English to then make an English video about it. And that would be uh, very hard. But yeah. audience and reach are just words that I use also in Dutch. So, so is all your, is all your um, like Adobe programs in Dutch pretty much? Not anymore. Not anymore. I changed that uh, last year. 
because uh, if I wanted to follow a tutorial, I had to translate every time oh, yeah. and what it meant. Even just seeing like, like how the words look, it'd be hard to figure out. Like it's already confusing yeah. enough, you know? So I had to count the rows were down, like for example, in settings, okay, one, two, three, four, five, and I had to count it on my screen to yeah. know what it meant exactly because I didn't find a translation on Google. That's funny. <laughs> Pretty funny. What, um, that's why what, 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 one of the last things that uh, I, I wanted to ask you is that, um, like, I know that you're pretty knowledgeable in all things uh, social media and like kind of growth and optimization. Is there any quick maybe tips or things that you can give to the viewers for a kind of thing to leave you with and know that something they can put into practice, I guess, now? One of the things is being consistent, but also um, pushing vertical. It sounds so stupid, but I also told that's what that's the first tip I give to Elliot. And it's like the thing that does a lot. And mm -hmm. it's like everyone pushes a square visual, 180 by 180. But if you just make it vertical, like uh, it, it just takes more place. 1350 for space, more or whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. It's uh, 1350 uh, by 1080. And that's and for Instagram that you're more, talking about, right? Yeah, for Instagram, yeah. but also Facebook, but also Facebook, by the way. Okay. It just takes more place on someone's screen. And because of that, they while scrolling we scroll a lot we scroll fast during your day on our phone mm -hmm. and if you post vertical you have to notice that when we scroll post square or horizontal our eyes are already on the next post while even we don't we didn't even process the previous post but our eyes are already on the next post mm. and if you post vertical you take up almost the whole screen almost the whole phone and because of that people spend more time on your content exactly what the algorithm likes also the chances are uh, uh, higher that they actually see your post realize what your message is and that they will engage with it yeah there isn't uh, uh, there was a study of it and they showed that you can have to 82 percent more engagement while posting vertical instead of square wow and it's just something so stupid but it has 25 percent more screen real estate which is right. take up 25 percent more place so what would you suggest screen. for first let's say for like a square piece of content then you would suggest just creating the background as the yeah. 1350 or whatever exactly just make it just take as, as much place as you can mm -hmm. and reply to all comments reply to all dms be all be a part of the community you can't expect people to engage with your content if you're not engaging with others Right. So that's a big take one. the time to reply to comments, take the time to reply on your friends, to support your friends, to share stuff and show that you're a real person. Don't show only your works, but also show yourself, show right. who you are, what you do and why you do it. The why is so important and people forget about it. Why are you a graphic designer? What intrigues you? What inspires you? Put that out. Tell that, tell a story, tell a story with your work too. Why did you uh, choose that font? What are the mm -hmm. difficult, what are the, the contradictions or dilemmas that you had while creating this art piece? Those kind of stuff are really forgotten and just putting out your own work is cool and it's good, but try to tell a story about it and tell why you did certain things. Yeah, and be vulnerable, you know. Yeah, and also give value. That's the thing with giving value about your artwork. You're telling them how you choose a font, for example. Mm -hmm. And another designer who is 15 years old, who never did, uh, who never had a client, learned from you, how you choose a font, and then he will apply the same thing when he will choose a font. And then you inspire someone and they will remember your name. Next time they need a graphic designer or they have a client who needs an other graphic designer, a second one, they will mention your name because you helped them. Yeah. And that's how the whole thing works together. Those are the main tips that you can do fast and it will do a lot. 
that help, will have a good influence on your uh, Instagram social media. Yeah, and that's also great. don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Send yeah, them a DM. That's my been my that's that been my most like thing I've been doing this year, and it's helped a lot. My first client I had, I literally sent a DM. Hey, uh, do you need help with this? Oh yeah, actually I need do need help with this. Bomb okay, I had my first client ever, <laughs> and it was through Facebook Messenger that I that I sent him. Yeah. And and yeah, just reach out. You you in Dutch we have this saying. It means you always have a no, but you can you can get a yes. It's always mm. no till you ask for it, and it could be a yes. Yeah. But if you never ask for it, yeah, you you, you have a no. Yeah. So that's the thing. You, you don't be afraid to ask for something. That's someone. good. Yeah, because that's like the whole like you know Wayne Gretzky like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's dope. And man, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I think that you're a very intriguing person when it comes to all this little intricacies, you know, about the internet world. And I do want you before, uh, we sign off here to throw out all your stuff where anyone can find you and everything. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Nicola Grotians or at Nicox collection, mm -hmm. uh, on Twitter, Nicox world. And, um, yeah, those are the main things that I use. <laughs> okay. Not on Club, uh, Clubhouse at Nikox, uh, Facebook, not really. So. <laughs> All right. Sweet. You got any last, uh, closing words here before we're out? Boah. Keep creating dope stuff. Keep creating dope stuff. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I All really right, love man. seeing your stuff. Thank you. And all right. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for watching. Go check out Nikogs. Check out his world. Check out his collection. Check out his personal page. And we'll see you next time. Like, comment, subscribe. And peace out.